sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Bricardi. And uh, this week we have returning guests. Laura. And Neil. Welcome, guests. No last names needed. They're like Cher and Madonna. <laughs> yeah, I exactly call Cher. Exactly like them. <laughs> Everyone knows who we are. <laughs> I don't like Neil's English accent, though. <laughs> yes, I've been, trying, I've been trying really hard to get rid of that. Uh, we are doing Scrooged versus Home Alone this week. Yes, Scrooged, the 1988 film starring Bill Murray. Well, film is maybe highfalutin for this uh <laughs> for this title but uh this was neil's idea so neil yes maybe you can explain to us why well i mean it's obviously the christmas season but uh what what made you think of these two uh i think it was really just that i wanted to watch scrooged for to get in the right holiday mood because it's one of my favorites and then i think i had heard some people discussing home alone or just making fun of it or mentioning it and uh I've realized it had been a really long time since I actually watched it instead of just catching five minutes minutes of it on TV flipping by. So I don't know. I just said, let's, let's do it. Let's try talking about these two movies. And then maybe that would launch us into other Christmas movie discussion. Yeah, no, that's good. Cause Pat and I didn't have jack shit. Uh, <laughs> that was holiday related. We did a yeah. Christmas song episode, but that was and as we- far as we went. And we did ask Michael if he wanted to join in, but his he was saying that his tastes have started skewing, you know, pre-1940 in general. And then I, I don't like to watch movies that are that old. So. I, I think Michael Morris uh, said specifically that these movies should be destroyed and the people <laughs> involved with them should be burned. I think except, that's for, except for Karen Allen, who oh, right. could do no wrong. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He is not a Bill Murray fan. That's true. Or probably uh, child-friendly Christmas movies. <laughs> well, yeah. I, 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 is Scrooge child-friendly? No, Home Alone is. <laughs> okay. I'm. Yeah, I might take the Michael Morris role in this conversation then. Uh, we'll see. So you want Bill Murray to burn? Right. I'm great fine job. with Bill Murray. <laughs> but uh, Too late now. You already agreed with Michael. But these, but these movies. Uh, well, we'll start talking about Scrooged. Um, I'm also going to mention before we start that this is an experiment. Laura and I are in the same location, and we'll see if uh, the audio uh, drives us crazy or no or not. It's already kind of driving me crazy, and I think I may have to move into the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Also, my dog is here and may bark uh, at any time, which is kind of exciting. We'll see what happens. An element of danger. (laughs) We're playing it loose this Christmas. Yeah, it sounds like you're getting all wacky over there. Uh, yeah. Is there anything that will cause a dog to bark, or is it just random? Mm, if she sees something move around outside the house, she will bark at it. Like the ghost of Christmas future or something. <laughs> 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 well, one, one thing I will say about Scrooge um, that I think modern filmmakers can learn from, and, and Hollywood <laughs> with their with their reliance on reboots and sequels and whatever is uh, at least in the eighties, they were still making movies that were original in concept. Mm-hmm. And, 
yeah. I, I mean, this is, it's not technically a reboot, but obviously the, the material is at least a century old. Yeah. Like, what? I don't, I don't follow. We're talking about Scrooge, right? Yeah. So like the Christmas Carol story, the Dickens story. Yeah, because it kind of follows that same story right. and then they have the whole play within a play thing happening. I'm but, uh, not but familiar with like that a, work. It is, what's that? I'm not familiar with that work. Wait, you're not familiar with Christmas Carol? No, Dickens is that that sounds like a joke name. <laughs> okay, now I see. Yeah. John's being funny. You're a Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Uh yeah. Wait, was there a was there a play within a play in a Christmas Carol? No. Oh, okay, I didn't think so. No, that's like kind of a Shakespeare tool. <laughs> you're a shakespeare tool <laughs> i was waiting for it i assumed it was coming yeah i also want to mention that i've had a cold for like six days so i'm a little loopy or than normal <laughs> that's all right i'm uh, i got a shimei high going i think we're all cool very good uh yeah scrooge well there was some weird shit in scrooge i have to say yeah it's a weird movie it is a weird movie. I, I, uh, Bill Murray's name is Frank Cross, and in his office he has the definition of cross as something to hang a man on, or, or something. <laughs> I I think what I love about the the way they chose to characterize the Scrooge character, or ugh, saying uh, saying that again, I, I think what I like about Bill Murray's character is that he is the height of this like '80s villain, like corporate like scumbag villain. Which mm-hmm. is something that I think um, was just really in the air uh, at that time, especially uh, in popular kind of movies and stuff. And I, uh, I think it kind of formed a part of my like view of the world, seeing a lot of these characters. And this one is the f- sort of the strangest and most out there for like a normal Hollywood type movie, uh, like and how bad they make him, you know? Yeah, no, totally. He's he's a super scumbag. Uh, yeah, some of it, you know, obviously still resonates today. Um, I, I thought the the beginning scene where they're showing the promos with the uh, with the Christmas with machine guns. Oh where yeah, that reminded kill. me of UHF. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, it that that scene at the very, the opening of the movie, like I that stuck in my brain to such a deep level, like with Santa and and like. Uh, like Rambo guns and like weird goth chicks and like it, it like it it was a thing that I remembered as a separate thing from the movie. I couldn't remember where I had seen Santa and a bunch of guns and bazookas and stuff. Yeah. And then I was every time I watch it, I'm like, that's right, it's the beginning of this movie. And it's Bob a- Goulet. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm a little disappointed so there wasn't more of that throughout the movie. Other yeah. commercial breaks that would have been fun. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it, I just I was just thinking about that kind of corporate scumbag character, and it's it also kind of reminds me of um, Jeff Bridges' character in The Fisher King, like how mm. he's this like really successful like media guy, uh, kind of like the Howard Sternish. But I don't know, it was I'm not, I wonder if that movie came out before Howard Stern mm-hmm. was a thing. Anyway, whatever, it's kind of the same vibe. Yeah, it's uh, well, it is kind of striking that you don't have these. Uh, corporate CEO or these CEOs that are total scumbags as villains in movies so much anymore when 
when in in mm-hmm. reality they're much worse than they were in the 80s. I think that's yeah. the problem. If you try to make a movie villain as bad as real life CEOs, no one's going to believe the movie because it's it's just too <laughs> far fetched. So unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, and no. The, I think the Koch brothers actually do wear Dalmatian jackets made from <laughs> Dalmatians they killed with their bare hands, so no one's going to believe that in the film. <laughs> right. True. And and uh, well, I did think it was it, it was surprising to me to see a movie from '88 with like making fun of that uh, the way. Hollywood will use the overuse the action movie tropes even back then, mm-hmm. um, like for a Christmas special and stuff. When now that's kind of that's kind of all they make is is you know yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was there's interesting ideas in it. I don't think it really succeeds overall for me, but because um, mm-hmm. he is a, a little over the top. Well, super over the top. Yeah, I mean, I think. I love it because I love Bill Murray. And so I think if you're like be trying to be objective about it or if you're on the fence about Bill Murray, hold on. I need to go into the bathroom. I'm hearing like a <laughs> We're pausing for echo. technical issues. Oh, I thought okay. the echo was your cold. I thought this is that's yeah. how you sounded in real life. <laughs> I thought the echo I thought you were already in the bathroom and it was a toilet bowl. No. Do you, do you guys hear that? Like in yes. oh, yeah. sounding on your headphones. Oh wow. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Well, this should be better. <laughs> yes, that's no, much so better. Now I'm in the office. <laughs> I'm not Excellent. in the bathroom. But uh, I think that if you... Uh, like, for me, I I wholly love this movie for... I mean, I like the special effects component. Like, the supernatural component is really funny. The characters are really great in it and everything. But really, if you just, like, don't love Bill Murray and everything he does, then you're going to maybe not love this movie. I feel like that's probably 90% of why I love this movie. The other thing is that um, I did stumble upon, I didn't do much research on the movie, but I did stumble upon this um, review that came out, this Washington Post review um, from when the movie first came out in 88. And basically the guy panned it because he was just like, it's too snarky. He was just saying, like, it has all the normal sentiment that, like, a regular Christmas movie would have, but then the whole thing is so fucking snarky that you're allowed to, like, watch and enjoy the the sentiment, but you can still, like, watch it from this this distance and be, like, ironic about it, and so you're not forced to, like, really feel any earnest feelings or anything like that, um, which I think is very modern i feel like that that's something that exists in a lot of films now too yeah i i know i know what you're saying i feel like the earnest just didn't come off to me like his big speech at the no, end No, exactly because he's just like he's just like bullshitting he's a bullshitter kind right. of in general and that, that's like his whole thing but i don't know i kind of don't care <laughs> about that and so it was fine with me maybe i'm just Maybe I'm just ice cold in general, and so that was like the comfortable distance that I'm willing to, you know, experience Christmas. I actually love at. how snarky and, and negative the, the beginning of the movie is. You know, I mean, like even though the end is, in my opinion, too schmaltzy and kind of like over the top, the other direction. Uh, I I liked how um, how weird uh, and bleak a world picture the right. the beginning paints. Like it's it's very. Um, jarring and I, I i just think it's really funny and uh yeah and i you just take it with a grain of salt because of how bizarre 
the movie is. I mean, you're, you're, it's a supernatural story. It's already outside of like normal, real world reality. I think yeah. if you just sort of see the movie as a cartoonish kind of heightened reality, like that, and which is totally how I see it. Once you start getting like ghosts and stuff, uh, I I just enjoy how sort of strange it is and how. Uh, yeah, just the over-the-top elements are my favorite parts. I think. Well, I, I like. Think I agree with you. I like the snarky parts. It's the the ending that I had a real problem with. But, but yeah. even more than that, as a Bill Murray fan, I don't know why. If it was maybe just the mood I was in when I was watching it, but he almost seemed to be phoning it in to me in this performance. Mm. Like he was doing, he was really playing up the Bill Murray persona in it's his, true. his acting. I, I, I think that I've that read was... a. I read a quote from Mary about the film where he was not happy with the director, Richard Donner. Mm. He said during the production and afterwards they asked him, well, what was your problem? He's like, well, every direction he gave me was exactly the same louder. That was the only direction I had. <laughs> and watching the movie, you kind of did see that because he did keep getting louder. Yeah. The one thing I was struck me about, about Bill Mary in this, it's, it's one of the, it's been a long time since I've seen a Bill Mary movie where he had any kind of happiness to him. Hmm. Oh, that's true, because he's been doing those goddamn Wes Anderson films for so long now. <laughs> Do you mean happiness uh, in the beginning, just, middle, or end, or just all well, and the whole The whole movie had a little bit like a, there's a glint of, of charm when he's telling these insulting, when he's telling Miles Davis he's a terrible musician. Mm-hmm. And I don't think his movies now, he has that, there's no... Like he's not having fun. Like he does does seem to be having fun. Exactly. Yeah, as a person. Dead inside. I think you're too close to the mic, Pat. Sorry. How's now? (laughs) Yeah, that's better. Yeah, I like that. I was. This is an amazing audio quality episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. You scumbags. (laughs) Um. I just started thinking about Groundhog Day also, which I don't know if we've actually talked about Groundhog Day before, but this is not super different from Groundhog Day when you get down to it. Like the character, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he's not as over-the-top evil in Groundhog yeah, Day, but he's a dick. Like, he's pretty bad. And there aren't, like, personified, you know, like, Christmas past and Christmas present yeah. and Christmas future ghosts, but he is essentially like reliving the same types is, of ideas yeah so. it is supernatural it, yeah it is kind of the same theme i mean groundhog day is a far better movie i think yeah why agree, is that is it just like not as more ham-fisted? yeah it is yeah. more yes less ham-fisted and i think the like the sentimentality of it at the end is earned where in this one it's not so much yeah and it's seen mm-hmm. and you're willing to accept it i mean the the i, I mean even at the end, like there is that sentimentality of like the little boy like speaks for the first time and everything. But the way yeah, but Bill that Murray didn't make act, any sense. I mean, why did he speak? Because he Murray... was because he was so moved by Bill Murray's change or something. Change, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I felt like Bill Murray's change wasn't like it seemed like manic. It, it didn't was, seem it was like, very manic. Yeah. Yeah. It he kind of was like. like freaked out (laughs) yeah and i kind of even even after bill murray had his change i kind of wanted to tell karen allen run away Mm -hmm. yeah girl he's just a psycho (laughs) he's still psychotic i know well he was so crazy even in that flashback where he had the the mullet i do i do appreciate the little details in the script writing like 
when he when he connects with her again in the future for the first time and she's like oh your hair is so short I mean what happened like I just picture you with long hair and then when they do the flashback like he has that kind of you know wavy 80s mullet thing happening I mean I guess that was the 70s at that point and so she was smoking a joint in the bathtub yeah, it was <laughs> and everything, yeah. but the but I did I did weird. love the little I did like the flashback reality, but it's it did me seem, too. It did seem weird. It's like a, it was like a weird like soundstage reality. It was kind of fun and bizarre. Yeah, I liked his dad giving him three pounds of veal for Christmas. I thought that was... <laughs> yeah, wait, his dad played talk... by his brother. <laughs> I know. Can we talk yeah. about that? Both of his brothers were in the movie. Yeah. I really loved that. Yeah. I think there's there's three brothers in there's it. There's three right? brothers, but I think one of them. Oh, is there another brother in it? You're all fucked up, Pat. You got to move away from the mic. <laughs> oh my gosh. How's <laughs> it now? Yeah, that's good. His 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 brother played his dad. His brother played his brother, and then his other brother was in it. I forget where, but I thought the wait. That last I want to know who his it. other brother was. Oh, is his the guy who plays his brother in the movie? Is it a, is a Murray brother too? Yes, and we've uh, talked uh, about uh, him before because he was in Moving Violations, and I made you guys look up which yeah, Murray was, brother he was. I think it was on the Elvira episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joel Murray. Joel, Joel Murray, the, the guy from One Crazy Summer, was also in it, but I forget what part he played. I just saw him come across the screen real quickly. Crazy. So Joel Murray got to act with uh, Sam Kinison and Bobcat Goldthwait, the two uh, 80s screamer comics. (laughs) Weird, yeah. Wait, what was Sam Kinison in? One Crazy Summer. Was he? Bobcat Goldthwait was in that, too. Oh, was he? Maybe it was Bobcat, not Sam. Ah, who gives a shit? I don't Uh, know. Bobcat probably does. Or what did you think? Years. What did you guys think about the Bobcat Goldthwait character in this in Scrooged? Unnecessary. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, he he was just a character. Mm-hmm. He was just like I don't know. I remember disliking it more when I when I had seen it as a younger kid, or just you know earlier, and liking it more now because I just kind of have now this like weird distance and kind of fondness for Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. I think he was more of a mystery back then. It was like, why is he doing that? Like, and why now, is he making that voice? <laughs> yeah, and now it's just like, okay, he was just a weirdo, but he had like a thought. He's got a brain behind all that weirdness. You know the character that really drove me crazy more. Yeah, Carol Kane in this one. Which who is Carol Kane? Is he the? Oh no, she, I'm talking about that. Oh, Carol Kane. No, she's. She's fine. Like, I don't mind her. She just makes me think of humpading, humpading every time I see her. <laughs> I like the character. I feel like a lot of people either hate or love the, the, the violent ghost of Christmas present. I, I like her a lot. I think she balances it well. But I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the L.A. douchebag guy. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. John, John Glover. Yeah. That He's guy, great. No, he like stresses me out. <laughs> no, he's the perfect '80s yeah. douchebag. Like, no, I mean, I don't think it's just '80s. That actor is just always very good at being evil, slimy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just so like ah, I don't know, like patronizing. He's just like so good at like rubbing his shoulder and being like, "Hey, it's cool, but why don't you go upstairs and get out of my way?" Like he I says it in that. this like I don't. know. No, he's really smooth at it, and that's why he infuriates me so much. Yeah, no, he's he's really good at being that that horrible person. Yeah, uh, 
I'm surprised you guys like Carol Kane because I always find her annoying, and I find her uh, especially annoying in this. Although I'm fine. What about Buster Poindexter? <laughs> yeah. Um, what's his? Just uh, call him David Johansson. David Johansson. Yeah. Sorry. He his that his he is my favorite ghost in the movie by far. But the Carol Kane is also pretty awesome. The 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 scene that I always think of immediately when I think of this movie, the line that I think of is waterfalls <laughs> like it's like every time waterfalls like i just love that line so much such Aww. a weirdo his little elf yeah. ears my favorite ghost is the ghost of future who has yeah. all those like squirmy latex mm-hmm. people living in his ribcage <laughs> that was such a, a visual that stuck with me too like yeah, i feel it like... was it was the thing where like it was like large marge from Wee yeah Martin, where uh, originally, I was like, that was terrifying. And mm-hmm. watching it this time, I'm like, it's so goofy. It's funny, they look yeah. like the ghoulies. They're just like, Bleh. Well, it would, have been, it would have been Large Marge if they'd only showed it once. But then they show it again, and he doesn't freak out. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, it's just weird. Like, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He just They're like just does puppets. a double take. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I walked by David Johansson in Buster Poindexter persona, walking out of a... Uh, casino in the mid 90s uh and his hair was about 10 feet high oh my god yeah and i was like uh, i said uh hey what's up man and he's like hey <laughs> <laughs> very gruff and just moved on cool god. yeah no he yeah he was definitely the best ghost can we stop for a second and talk about what happens when you see celebrities in real life yes and i and i like I like to not do anything about it, but I do. I I do enjoy the thing where you just say like, "What's up to them?" Like you know them, yeah. And then, yeah. but you're, it's real casual, and then they're just like, "Hey." Um, but I felt bad. I remember seeing Dave Chappelle in the Mission like eight years ago, and mm. he would just could not even walk down the street without people yelling in his face like Dave Chappelle, <laughs> just like <laughs> screaming his name at him oh, or man. screaming like bits. Yeah, like, like I'm Rick, Rick James, bitch. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, yeah. But I kind of, I think, like beyond ignoring them completely, I think the funny thing to do is to just be like, "Hey, man." Yeah. <laughs> the end. I've, I've said hello yeah. to, to very, very like minor, minor like people that I think are cool, but like are you know not world famous. And it's weird because they look at you like, oh, wait, am I supposed to remember who you are? Or do I know you socially? And I just forgot who you are. Yeah. And it's stressful. And so I just stopped, like, wanting to engage with famous people in, in any way. I'd like looking at them and be like, oh, there's that famous person. And, like, I've never seen someone so famous that, like, your David Chappelle thing, like, where people are just, like, running around, like, <laughs> screaming at them. Yeah. Like, I've weird. had a few experiences like that. And then when I lived in Baltimore, I'd see John Waters around a lot. Mm-hmm. And then one time I was out with my parents at a bar and I said to my dad, don't tell mom, but John Waters is over there. And then he's like, I'm telling her. <laughs> and then I watched him walk over to her and say it to her and her eyes lit up. And then she made a beeline for John Waters. And I Whoa. knew that was going to happen, which is why I was like, don't tell my mom. And then she like talked to him for five minutes while he was trying to get drunk that would be stressful to watch your watch your mom <laughs> pester a celebrity who you really like <laughs> I think, uh, anyway i mean i think it depending on the situation i think you can say something like um i'm a big fan of your work and leave it yeah. at that i think that's fine i don't think yeah that's gonna bother anybody but but like that 
you know, I'm Rick James bitch thing would get old quick. Would that. make you like drop out of comedy for three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Every much. real life celebrity interaction I ever had involved me helping this celebrity. All two of them. Really? Yeah. And helping they were? In the sense and of it, like you were working somewhere or something? No, just I was in line for one of the Harry Potter movies and Dennis Miller came and asked if that was the line for the Harry Potter movies. I said, <laughs> yep. Right back there. It starts back there. And then I was in Ventura one time and Drew Carey was, was, was taking a class at the, I forget the name of the, there's a film school in Ventura and he was, he was filming, filming for the class. He's like, can I use this chair? Yep. No problem. That's oh, it. That's I love it. those stories. Those are good. <laughs> yeah. And then you can feel good about it. You're like, they've seen your face before, but you were just being a helpful person. And they like were that. good stories because it was before I hated Dennis Miller. It was pre 9-11. <laughs> Wait, what happened on 9-11? Oh, planes flew into the building. Yeah, all right. I just mean, I meant specifically with Dennis Miller, in case you didn't figure that out. Well, then he, that that turned him from liberal to conservative real quick. Uh, I think he was always kind of on the conservative side, but he just, like, that gave him and a lot of people a real, like, platform like a no. moment to be like no, no i don't i don't if think you watch you, his you... early specials he was pretty flame and liberal really yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. i guess i'm not as expert on dennis miller as i thought i was when i opened my mouth it's nothing to be ashamed of <laughs> <laughs> all right babe i think his bigger crime was he he became a lot less funny yeah yeah i think the biggest crime is that haircut <laughs> yeah haircut. he's been rocking that forever Oh, it's the old mullet? Yeah. Wait, why did we start talking about approaching celebrities? Because <laughs> I met David Johansson, who was oh, in this film. Oh, that's right. Yes. It's all it's all related. Got it. Um, yeah, I just thought that would be a fun... It is a good you know, uh, topic. Detour. Yeah. Um, in this movie, I think I'd most like to meet Bill Murray. Well, or yeah. Maybe Brian Doyle Murray, because he might be just as fun as Bill Murray. He's probably more fun. Famous. I bet he's a lot more fun to be around in person than Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray's probably really stressful to be around. I, I don't know. The, the stories people tell about meeting up with Bill Murray in public are always awesome and fun. But I'm That's thinking true. maybe Brian Bill Murray might be the same way and, and maybe a little less stressful because he's not as famous. Yeah. Uh, well, talking, speaking of Carol Kane, who I guess I'm the only one who dislikes. Uh, well, I think I feel like I, I my impression of her whenever I would see her on TV or whatever, I can't even place a thing that she was been in besides this, but I, she's one of those personalities that I'm totally aware of, but I can't place. And I feel like her persona as a comedian or actress or whatever is very grating, except I have a real soft spot for this role because she's like beating up Bill Murray in a really funny way. <laughs> well, it's a weird, I think she, I don't know. Go ahead. I bizarre. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, her the sadistic nature of th- that particular ghost. That like I don't really get why they went that direction. It's kind of weird. It is a weird choice. <laughs> but I thought it worked because like Bill Murray, I guess it's just like that. The role of that ghost in the the as far as I know, like because I've never actually read the book, but I've uh, uh, seen a, at least one or two different versions of A Christmas Carol, and I feel like. The first ghost is kind of like the, of Christmas past kind of softens you up. The ghost of Christmas present kind of like sets you straight in a different way, kind of like opens your eyes in a different way. And then the, the final ghost is like freaks you the fuck out. Yeah, your shit like out. Yeah. Hard yeah. truth. Yeah. Makes you want to like, like, you know, value life because you're about to die. 
And I feel like they probably just wanted to have a different um, kind of way of taking Bill Murray down a peg. And I don't know, it's such a bizarre movie. It, it made sense. It sort of hangs together. Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention very quickly because his part's not big in everything, but uh, Robert Mitchum yes is in this as and just even seeing robert mitchum he was old as shit at this point but he could still kick all our asses it's true i would be terrified just yeah to robert be mitchum is like the most badass person i feel like in cinema history I, I thought it was cool that he was the boss who who wants to start uh making tv shows that feature pets for dogs yeah. and cats that was a TV. funny that I was a funny that side plot thing and then they show him at home watching it and they're just surrounded by cats he's like you see <laughs> there were you know there were at least two times in the movie where there was the sound of a cat like shrieking mm -hmm. um one of them was when um david johansson like speeds off in a cab i think it was the one the time where um karen allen was like can you take me to the tv building or whatever and then he speeds off and it's like Rare! and there's and a cat scratch the, like a cat and there was scream? a cat yeah there's a cat scream and then there's Whoa. a cat scream again because i guess yeah. um robert mitchum kicks a cat right are you sure like, there wasn't a cat like right outside your your apartment <laughs> that you're hearing yeah well i'm, I'm not sure you, there are there cats was... all over my neighborhood fighting <laughs> and boning and doing all kinds of cat things there was also a cat scream every time Carol Kane opened her mouth. To be so, John, where, where does your Carol Kane hatred start? Is it, <laughs> I know. Is it in this movie or just where where did you start hating her? I, don't, I like her. She's funny in yeah, much movies. She's I like good her in too. Taxi, great in Princess Bride. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Some Taxi. That's that's where I recognize ah, it. I just find her really grating in her, her line readings. I don't uh, – she was she's born in Cleveland, Ohio. I don't really know where – her hmm. weird accent comes from. I mean, That's totally like a weirdo persona thing. Like there's nothing. Yeah, like a Bobcat style thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good she point. Also, she two also weird voice people in the same yeah. movie. <laughs> well, there are a lot of two-dimensional characters in this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I mean, the whole story is a bit two-dimensional, I think. Um, yeah. So it, it's that's fine. I don't ha really have a problem with that. John, do you have a preferred version of the Christmas Carol story like for in a movie? Not that I can think of. Um, like Michael Morris, for instance, loves Scrooge. And I started watching that and I was realizing, oh, damn, this is like a Scrooged. The Bill Murray movie has a parody of that musical from the 70s yeah. as the TV production. Like, it's very mm -hmm. interesting. Like that With the layer. solid gold dancers that you can <laughs> see their nipples. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so you don't have any... No, I feel like, like I feel like my my uh, experience with the story is just kind of a mishmash of different yeah. versions I've seen over time. Well, there's but, Disney. There's the Muppet one. There's the Muppet one. There's the George C. Scott one, which is the one I grew up watching. Yes, that's the mm -hmm. one I know too. Yeah, it's very like traditional, serious. Yeah, I didn't ever watch that one. And last Christmas we did a Carol for another Christmas, which was Rod Serling. Rod Serling, right? For, and I still oh. need to watch that. Yeah, it's on YouTube. You can find it. Um, yeah, I will. That one was bizarre. That was an interesting take on it. That might be my favorite, actually. Cool. Yeah, I, I need to. I need to get. Uh, this week is going. The, the week of Christmas is going to be an awesome chance to catch up on all of these. Like, finish watching Scrooge, the '70s one. Finish watching the what is it called? The the Rod Serling one. A Carol for Another Christmas. A Carol for Another Christmas. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Um. I'm trying to think if I have seen the Muppet one is showing 
think at the Castro sometimes. Yeah, it's also can... on Netflix. Oh, cool. Right okay. Very good. Very good. Um, very well, I, and I'm asking that question more to just be like, yeah, you know, we, we're talking about Scrooged and, and Home Alone, but uh, how does this relate to other Christmas movies of the time and of just the category? Because that's I'm also interested in that topic. Well, I know I'm kind of hard pressed to think of a lot of '80s Christmas movies. Well, there's Die Hard. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, someone was just talking about that, like how that's a how that is a Christmas. I mean, because it it's take... it's set during Christmas. It's and set I feel during like, Christmas. That's yeah, a... somehow that becomes a thing that makes it a Christmas movie. Well, I guess yeah. there's a Christmas story. It's all from also from the '80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. But it's like a Lampoon's... '50s like send up though. Yeah, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You're na- you're naming like a million movies right now. I know it's true. <laughs> Christmas Story is interesting because when we were ki- when it first came out, it was it just kind of fell flat, and over oh, years yeah. it became a huge phenomenon. I, that's it's funny because I saw it in the theaters, and I know oh, me really? and my friends would like quote it endlessly at the time. Yeah, we so there, watched. We watched. So there was them. like a, a cult, like a like a lower level success for it, but it just, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we watched it on VHS and we quoted it as well, but it didn't hit big like really yeah. like until they started big. doing those marathons of yeah, it, on right? usa yeah. yeah yeah right yeah but we i we used to always run around saying not a finger <laughs> all the time <laughs> that was our... yeah. just the most random yeah, yeah exactly it's like nothing that anyone <laughs> what's that actor's name the movie? dad's name that's not darren funny. mcgavin oh darren mcgavin yeah he's yeah. uh he's yeah he's fantastic character actor like so many good lines in that movie well, there's a lot of good actors in scrooge too i always like seeing buddy hackett yeah, yeah, there are a lot of weird cameos. Buddy yeah. Hackett. Jamie, Jamie Farr, does he even have any roles in it, or is he just standing there the whole he's, time? I think he has one line. <laughs> does he? Yeah. Jamie Farr again? He was Klinger on MASH. He he plays oh, okay. uh, Marley. Marley in the, yep. in the right. TV production, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the TV production was an excuse to shoehorn in a lot of strange little cameos. Weird, like that. yeah. But Mary was, Lou Retton. <laughs> was John Houseman actually a knight, or did they just put that sir on to be funny? <laughs> just like Sir John Houseman. I never, I never knew him to be knighted. I didn't either. John Gielgud was knighted. Um, and I don't think. I don't know. Has Mary Lou, Mary Lou Retton done anything since then? Or is that her last, her last role? Please? I mean, did she have any roles besides that one? <laughs> yeah. She didn't even speak, did she? Oh, maybe she did. But she said, "Got." She did the flip, and then at the end, I thought she said, "Like God bless us, everyone." Yeah. Yeah. That's true. She played so that I'm looking, I'm going to admit, at the, at the Wikipedia page, and the cameo listing is uh, Jamie Farr, Buddy Hackett, Robert Goulet, John Houseman, Lee Majors, which is an amazing cameo. Oh, that's right. I forgot about <laughs> Lee Majors. Yeah, <laughs> Playing himself. He's, he's asked himself, yeah. Ken doll or something, like an old man Ken doll. And then Mary Lou Redden, Maria Riva, uh, which I can't remember who she is. And then, then the musicians that are in the street band, like Miles Davis and uh, Paul Schaefer and a bunch of other people. Oh, I didn't even see Paul. I, I, yeah. That street musician scene, I was like, holy shit, is that Miles Davis? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is very conspicuous, but then the other people around him are like Paul Schaefer and David Sanborn and a couple other famous people. <laughs> and then Sam Kinison was originally going to play the Ghost of Christmas Past, and then it went to David Johansson. Uh, better choice, I think. Yeah, probably. And Sam, well, Kinison, Sam Kinison did it in that episode of Married with Children, so. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he got geez. a chance to do it. <laughs> the role he was born to play. <laughs> and he immediately died after the filming. So should we talk about 
how this relates or doesn't relate to Home Alone, which is well, let's take a break. A year or two difference, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Let's, I we'll, need I need a top off on my festive beverage. Well, be, before we take a break, so what's everybody's opinion of it? I, I thought I thought it was okay. I don't think it's a great movie, but you guys, I think, liked it more than I did. Well, I'm interested. I feel like I like it. I don't want to say just because I saw it when I was young and liked yeah. it then, but uh, I I think that plays a big role. So so Pat. Where do you land on this? Because you yeah, didn't... I thought it was okay. This is the first time I'd seen it. It was just okay. It was interesting. Oh, but... okay. So you never had seen it at all before, and neither no. you, John. Yeah, I'd seen it in theaters when it was released, and I, I was underwhelmed then. And I, I really think the the ending, like the treacly ending, which yeah. you already know is coming, but like his speech that he gives was mm-hmm. not. Oh, good. psychotic. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. No problem can you imagine? Him. Well, can you imagine anyone besides Bill Murray like getting away with that, like no. making it? actually somehow like a like a moment like god that would be the worst if someone else <laughs> the part, you know that's true but I, I just didn't find the speech convincing enough to, i mean it was kind of like reading a hallmark card almost in a very manic way yeah i think this movie would have been oscar worthy if chevy chase starred <laughs> i think that goes for every movie i don't know all right uh yeah we'll take a break uh we'll come back and talk about home alone uh we'll be right back We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing, steeplechasing. back and uh apparently neo has some stuff to do so we gotta breeze through home alone uh which is we'll, fine with we'll, me we'll script, we have like 30 uh, minutes i feel yeah. like that's plenty of time to discuss yeah, home to cover we'll home skip alone. describing the very complicated plot and just uh, yeah. just talk about it well let's let's kick it off i mean neil started talking about this to me before we we got online here and i was like this is exactly what i was going to say about it which is that we both saw it when it came out yeah. um, and then probably have, you know, seen it one or two times since, but not any time sure. recently. And both of our memories were that the whole like thieve asp, like the whole like retaliatory break in. measures, yeah. break in thing was like most of the movie when really that's like five minutes of the movie. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> and the whole movie is more about like his relationship with his family, him getting left behind, his mom doing the like planes, trains and automobiles thing to get yeah. back to him over Christmas. And I had, I had mentioned and then, that to John too, the, the planes, trains and automobiles vibe to that part. Yeah. With John Candy also, which <laughs> yeah. I love. Um, but then, yeah, but then like the actual break in part, which was like the entire advertising campaign and like everything that I remembered about it was yeah. only like, <laughs> You five know, minutes maybe 10 minutes yeah, five, ten minutes. if you had asked me 
like a couple days ago. What's Home Alone about? Uh, his family goes to Paris, and then he fights a, a bunch of uh, he fights these two guys trying to break into his house. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I had assumed the whole movie was. I'd never this is the first time I'd seen it, so um, because I was twenty when it came out, so there was really course, yeah, you were not running to the theater to see Home Alone. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I was like prime age for it when it yes. came out, so I I was I I believe I'm Macaulay Culkin's age, so yeah, uh, I I could I was I saw it in the theater and I hated it at the time. I, I can't imagine now. Well, it's well, weird because like I was 16, but watching it now, I, I like it a lot more than I did then. I it's I feel like it's actually like kind of good, and the the family at the they're so I texted Neil in the middle of <laughs> when I first started watching, and I was like watching Home Alone, and then like five minutes later, I'm like, God, his family is so fucking mean to him. They hate yes. him. Like the, the whole, uncle is the worst uncle the in uncle, the world. Look what you did, you little jerk. I think about that all the time. The way he delivers that line, I just everyone in the family is just the like father stab him. I know. <laughs> it's like God, Kevin, you're so helpless. You're terrible at everything. You're gonna sleep. <laughs> with the P kid who is actually his <laughs> younger brother. Is that his younger brother? I figured that yes. he was really Kieran Culkin, yeah. is that his yeah. name? Yeah. Um but yeah, like there none of them are nice to him at all except maybe his mom, but then he gets into trouble and his mom is mean to him too. Well the yeah the <laughs> But she's like mom mean. She's like normal, like caring mean and he's being a little prick and so she does like the kind of retaliatory mom thing that she'll come to regret of being like well, fine. Why don't you just say it again? And maybe we'll never come back. <laughs> I think one of the, I mean, besides, there are a lot of reasons why I think this, this movie has some like redeeming, some seriously redeeming qualities, even though it is a very like crassly commercial movie. Uh, it, it, uh, one at the very top of that list is Catherine O'Hara as the mom. Like she's yeah. just so good at. Well, Catherine O'Hara is great at everything. She's exactly. Great. Yeah. Like you couldn't go wrong at least having that key role played by her. She's and, very uh, like mom like. I feel totally. like she's super realistic. Like she's she's nice and she's fun and she's she just seems like a real normal mom person. She is so good at uh, at just being a real character who happens to be able to be funny, like really, yeah. really funny. But like first and foremost, she's believable, you know? Yeah, yeah very believable. She's great. I, I, if you want to look for, if you want to start picking this thing apart for plot holes and unrealistic shit, you, you oh have yeah. nothing to even well, talk why about. Why would you do that? Well, exactly, yeah. but but <laughs> just kind of movie. like you said, Pat, the whole thing with the look what you did, you little jerk. Like my mom would have been all over my uncle had he said that yeah. to me yeah, as a kid. Like it's like, insane. You're an asshole. Don't talk yeah. to my kid that way. <laughs> but also, and it wasn't even his fault. You're the one coming up. <laughs> I'm convinced also, you know how he has the flashback where he hears all the, the things yeah. that his family is saying to them? I'm convinced that there are two different readings oh, definitely. of look yeah. what you definitely. did, you little jerk. I Just mean, like in pul in Pulp Fiction when they when she says, any of you fucking pricks move and I'll execute every <laughs> whatever. Like I I'm it's so conspicuous to me. I'm just like, that is not how you read It's how he remembers it, which is great. It's I like, kinda wish the second reading were was even worse. Yeah. So his memory was even worse. I hadn't see, seen it in a long time. Like you guys, I've seen bits and pieces over the years, but in a long time since I'd watched the whole thing. And I didn't remember the beginning being sort of magical where his wish comes true, that the family is gone. I just remember the family leaving and him waking up. And yeah, and he's like, cool. yeah. 
yeah. So, so the, the dream part, I mean, the wish, the wish granting part, I, I didn't mm-hmm. pick up on. And as far as I thought it was a really well, well directed movie. And that was yes. surprising to me because Chris Columbus kind of sucks, but I thought he did a good <laughs> well, job with it. I mean, it was a, it was a interesting 1940s screwball comedy, but I, a lot of it, I was like, what the fuck? You're doing speeded up running in this? What year is this? Yeah, there was yeah. so much screaming so- also. I feel like the whole audition process was just everybody doing different versions of yelling. Yeah. Yeah. There was so much and- just like, ah! And like, especially for um, Daniel Stern, is that his name? Yes. And then, yeah, yeah, like both of them are, are like, they have to do so many different versions of howling in pain. <laughs> well, it, I, I love the casting of the movie. I mean, like there's yeah. so many, sorry, John, you have something to say. Well, well, speaking of casting, my favorite, I think the best aside from Catherine O'Hara, uh, was Buzz because he just looked yes. like the dick Buzz. older brother. <laughs> the absolute perfect distillation of like a little shithead from the 80s. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so good. Was he in anything else? Not that I, I want to. I want to look him up right yeah, now. What, what's that actor's name and who, what does he look like now? <laughs> yeah. Devin Ratray. That's a really good name for Buzz. What was Rat it? Ray. Devin Ratray. Ratray. <laughs> it sounds um, like Pig Latin. Mm hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, Other I mean, roles, I... he played the bully. <laughs> oh what? man, there's a picture of him now. <laughs> the monsters. <laughs> <He looks> so <laughs> weird. <laughs> oh man, everybody Google Devin Ratray. It's pretty great. Um, I was just gonna the the quick point that I wanted to make was that. It, oh man, <laughs> kind of like I was saying before, like it's crashly commercial. Like it seems like they they wanted to make a movie with a cute little kid that was going to be very appealing and very like box office friendly but then they like they did that they totally did that they they found some cute little kid and i think i feel like that's my like least favorite part of the movie is like all the scenes where you're supposed to be like oh he's so cute and goofy yeah that's i could fuck yeah just leave that out but but the the screenwriting and the directing the directing and all the the casting (laughs) that directing that directing is so good no but but the the craft oh jesus christ yeah the craft is uh, amazing. Like it, it's like kind of reminds me of um, Back to the Future. Like how tight and how like really well oiled mm-hmm. the whole machine is. Like how well, how you know the level of craft. Totally. And there there are all kinds of just like with Scrooge. There are all kinds of different like character actors. There's the un- the uncle and how he carries through that like cheapskate thing. Like oh the champagne's free right? Like on the plane yes. and everything. And and how he won't pay for the pizza. Yeah, it's like, not my that. house. But it, but it does, yeah, exactly, <laughs> which is not a good excuse. Um, but I feel like there are just as many kind of like characters shoehorned into it, but it makes more, it's just more organic somehow. It doesn't seem as like crazy. I also want to mention, this is something I noticed this, that I never would have noticed before, but everything is the same shade of uh, emerald green. Hmm. They're using, I don't know, you probably won't watch it again now that you've already, you know, had a reason to watch it this season. But, like, everything in their house, like, in the bathroom, the towels, like, and then even the house in Paris. Paris, which I, I, call, yeah. I call bullshit on they hmm. painted their house the same shade of emerald green that they painted their house in Chicago suburbs. I, I totally but, hear what you're saying, and I noticed the color and the weird styling the, as well. But it's just, cool that they use that to hold, I mean, it makes, like, a more cohesive movie if they can I just have think that that's same what, color like, scheme together. Yeah, that's... 
I, I think that's just what like they're they were trying to say like this is affluent white person's style like they're just yeah. trying to be consistent about it and it it seems very dated but also like oh that was fancy back then yeah it totally I mean I remember when that and like dusty rose were the colors that were yeah. like everybody's kitchen was like country like dusty rose and dusty blue and then like emerald green was this big yep. deal. Or maybe that set designer's budget wasn't very big and they can only afford one can of paint. I just I just felt like the movie looked like watching a bunch of crazy TV commercials all glued together. Like as far as like the look, you know, of everything. Like well, everything was really perfect and styled but feels so dated now because it's like it was very yeah. of the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you on the Macaulay Culkin. I mean, well, first of all, he wasn't he didn't do a great job. In the role, um, yeah. he's a little, kid, a little kid actor. I get. What, what do you want? Like, no, it's true. He I, he was good enough. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, he, he was better than Party Monster. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he was. John had uh, he had such disdain. He didn't do a good job in the role. <laughs> it's, I mean, I always assume a kid actor is going to be like the worst. Yeah. And no, it's true. Or not, and especially in a role like this, where it's just kind of screaming all the time and running around. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's true. But and also he, well, again, we're getting into uh, we're getting into territory where obviously it's not supposed to be believable. But that <laughs> that kid did more in two days than I've done in my <laughs> he entire had a lot life. Of personal growth. He like, yeah. grocery shopping. He did uh, he, all kinds of shit. He, he, he basically gave the, had the neighbor personal advice to help his life, and it worked uh, out for him. I know that was an. I I liked that. A that could have gone real the burbs, like mm. the way that neighbor thing was happening, where he uh, just kind of good tie in, Laura. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Um, but uh, but yeah, it could have been like real crazy. And then they brought in that church thing, which was sappy. But I just like, I almost want to. I don't know. I just want to talk about like their conversation at the church and how like basic it was. Mm-hmm. Like it was so weird and just their language. Like it wasn't like a real conversation, but they managed to last like five minutes. Yeah. And one of the exchanges was like, yeah, I mean, he was trying to talk about like how he's afraid of the furnace and he's like, yeah. And then like, I was afraid of my basement cause it's scary and dark or whatever. And then the guy's response is, yeah, basements are like that. That was like such a throwaway line. Yeah, he's like, I know all about basements. I like that conversation. (laughs) Because it was like they they were talking to each other, but they were trying to have just say their own thing and not really talk to each other. Not listen. Yeah, Yeah. they weren't listening to one another at all. Because Macaulay Culkin gave that advice, and his and as the old man left, he's like, "Listen to what I said." (laughs) Well, the old man didn't say much at all. I feel like Macaulay. I did like that character though, because I feel like when you're a kid, every neighborhood has somebody like, Oh, that lady's a witch that lives in that house. Totally. Or, you know, or that's a, that dude's a serial killer. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Those characters that defy expectations where they set up, they're set up one way and they're not that way at all. I like that. I did get a little choked up at the end when he, uh, when he like reunited with his family and you'd see it through the window and everything. He looked, he looked real happy. Well, what I I thought at the end, this is what struck me at the end. Uh, I didn't get choked up, but I I thought if I was Catherine O'Hara, I would have been pissed because her family walks in two seconds after she gets there after having to go cross country (laughs) pay a million dollars for her flight and they just like saunter in 
two seconds. Well, maybe if she would have been more, a little more why patient. Why did just stay? If I were her family, I'd be like, oh, cool. She's got it taken care of. Let's stay Boy, in Paris. They want to have like, Christmas with their mom. They don't want to be with the with Uncle Frank, who's the worst person in the world. He is the worst person ever. I feel bad for his wife, who seemed like normal. I just... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, yeah, the whole thing made me feel a little inadequate because w- when I was a kid, when I was that age, there was no way I was doing master level spy shit like that and <laughs> setting up yeah. silhouettes. I guess they had a whole house full of mannequins uh, for some reason. <laughs> for some reason. Well, how about the shelf in Buzz's room? Nobody <laughs> could reach that shelf. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I actually love that scene because you just see like him climbing up and then <laughs> totally like... The way that the the action is filmed with him just like falling and the entire shelf coming on top of him was made me laugh. It's so slapsticky and stupid, but uh, yeah. it's it's kind of amazing. I really this like movie this. Is, is is very much like a live action Looney Tunes cartoon. Even yeah. the music kind of has that yep. that that whimsical way, whimsical violent way to it. Yeah, it, yeah. It was, the, but I I assume it's a kids movie, um, which is why you know I. That it, part of it is a kids movie. It's that last ten minutes was like. Yeah, but well, it's the also, whole thing is about not being scared of stuff, like uh, how to like get out of your like fear as like a scared little kid, which I think is a big theme that people that you know a lot of kids could relate to, or a lot of families uh-huh. can relate to. Well, the, the problem for me was as a kids movie, like Looney Tunes is a cartoon. This was really fucking violent mm-hmm. for a kids. Like the dude steps barefoot onto I a know. nail. I there winced a, when that came out. I was there like. Was there was there was a while where like I felt I felt immune to it this time because probably because I'd seen it quite a few times but uh but um I felt like this time I don't know there was a while where I couldn't watch that part really because everything is too pit- when they fall downstairs they yeah. keep falling down those icy stairs yeah. and I'm like they're their hip would be broken. Like, it's a weird no torture that, like, level. Yeah. Of thing. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. well, Macaulay Culkin will be dead from that fall on the shelves. Oh, oh yeah, like, yeah that, we're like right there. <laughs> he's alternate over. ending. Yeah, his yeah. like face and is Aquarium eaten by a tarantula. Catherine <laughs> O'Hara comes in to find the corpse. I feel Black like Kevin. she's, she's well, already been killed by John Candy and his friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you never trust a polka band. I think we all know that. <laughs> I really like John Candy's cameo. Oh, me too. Funny. I love the whole polka band and how he like goes around and talks about all the different polka members and like Absolutely. their family deals and stuff. And his <laughs> attempt to help her was was so awful. I enjoyed that too. I left my kid in the funeral parlor one time, and he was okay after seven or eight months. <laughs> I feel like they're all a lot of those people on the cast, like. Uh, J- uh, John Candy and uh, Catherine O'Hara and what's the um, uh, the, the, the criminal dude uh, not Joe Daniel Pesci Stern. Oh, Daniel, Daniel Stern Daniel Stern they're all from um, what is it not Second City or is it Second City yeah, yeah Second, Second City. City yeah they they're are. all like pals and they all like know each other which mm-hmm. is really kind of a fun backstory thing to, for me I didn't know me. Daniel Stern had that background That's yeah I don't I think I don't a lot know. of those people are part of that he just makes me think of City Slickers Oh, Remember that yeah, movie? Yeah, totally. Yeah. He makes me think of Judge Reinhold. I don't know why. I think they're very similar <laughs> career arcs. But well, that uh, also that curly hair, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and Judge Reinhold had that, that show he narrated in the eighties too. What? I don't even know what you're talking about now. Did Daniel Stern narrate? Oh, the Wonder Years. I get it. Got it. Mm. Yeah. 
And that joke would have worked a lot better if anybody knew what the hell you were talking about. I think. <laughs> Speaking I of Devin, Ret- dog, so. <laughs> Devin Retray's picture, he he could really pass for John Candy's son. Uh huh. Now, yeah, sure. <laughs> Twist. <laughs> no, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I, I, I'm too old for it. I didn't see it at like I wasn't even the right age when it came out, so right, right. I had no no fond memories of it or nostalgia or anything. So to me, it was just like a weird kids movie with uh, some some bizarre slapstick that I thought had not been in vogue for decades. And like there were these dumb running jokes about hitting the statue in front of their house and oh, yeah. yeah and then him putting on the aftershave i just guessed just so he could do that cute face oh totally scream yeah. yeah that was a big deal when it came out they were really milking all that. the marketing yeah that all the marketing was that uh... i mean that was over marketed but it is something a kid would do this is what adults do mm-hmm. let me do it oh it really mm-hmm. hurt mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I might do it once <laughs> well, Maybe. does he keep doing it? He I did it. He, he did it he at did least it the two second times. Oh, yeah. Because okay. he's learned right. so much. He's grown yeah. up now, and <laughs> he hasn't learned that much at all. I I feel like watching it now uh, with you know some distance from mem- remembering it as a kid or whatever. I the things that I like the most about it are all the things that are not what was marketed about the movie. Like yeah, you know the the break in and the robbers and the the really like heightened reality stuff is all like whatever just fast forward through that stuff but i i was really kind of impressed with just the setup and the craft that went into like you know making making a world where that other stuff the the more sensational stuff could actually kind of function with any kind of emotional investment whatsoever and yeah. i was kind of like wow there are a lot of really talented people that like put a lot of work into making this ultimately really silly movie i uh, agree it impressed me yeah, and I, I like I like the angels with filthy souls. Totally. Yeah. Movie. Yes, <laughs> me too. I hope that filthy exists. animal. I want to. I want that to exist somewhere. Uh, uh, one thing that another thing that struck me about the ending was I, I know I'm nitpicking the yeah. this thing to <laughs> death, but <laughs> that house would have been demolished by the time Catherine O'Hara came home. But when she walks in, I guess he hired a maid service. No, he uh, fixed it up the night before. He was he was like so did this high kid... from he was high from aftershave and he mm. couldn't go to sleep, so he just hung the stockings with care. Yeah, okay. he was just, he was suffering from PST, PTSD, right? PST. And he was P- <laughs> post traumatic whatever, and he was just kind of like couldn't sleep, so he compulsively cleaned the entire house in one night. Or he yeah. found Buzz's meth supply, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. I, I I did like the scene with the Playboy. I like I like Macaulay Culkin in it. I didn't I liked them more than you guys, I guess. I thought he was I, amusing. I didn't, I didn't well, hate fine. him. I just it's more the yeah. way that the movie feels very manipulative with using him. You know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's got that whole like mini Ferris Bueller thing mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. He's like mm-hmm. singing into the shower. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that stuff. And... Yeah, that stuff. I didn't. I but I did like some of his little conver- like the conversation with the 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 checkout. The checkout. Yep. That's a that good was one. Amusing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. Um... Do you guys remember Uncle Buck? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. That's a fun movie too with Macaulay We should Culkin do a John, John Candy double feature. Yes. Yeah. Next year. Uh, if only he had made more good films, I know it would be a lot easier to do. But... I thought Uncle Buck Aww. was a fun movie. I don't know. Uncle Buck's a good movie. Uncle Buck's a classic. I mean, it's, it's really also good. really like in this category of like really strange, like not quite realistic, but kind of uh, heightened reality or whatever, and uh, really silly. But yes. kind of works. Like it just what about works the something. great outdoors? 
Oh shit! I don't even think I've seen that. I remember that being terrible. Is it good? I, I think it's good. I yeah. had mixed feelings about it. I, um, Dan Aykroyd was starting to decline. Uh, I, it's been. I mean, I probably haven't seen it since like. I heard he's mean. Eighth grade or something. Dan Aykroyd. That's not shocking to me. <laughs> he's just crazy. If he's not mean to the ghosts, <laughs> them in. If uh, if John Candy was mean, had been mean, that would be shocking. What no, about Meet Harry Cr- or Who is Harry Crumb? Oh, that was Crumb, funny. Yeah. That's a great I loved movie. That when I was twelve or whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a Here's double Harry feature. Harry Crumb versus Uncle Buck. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Uh, so, overall, what which film would people recommend more? Hmm. I'd say Scrooge. I guess. To. What'd you say? Oh, Pat? really? It depends on who you're talking to. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. recommend Scrooge to a ten-year-old. Oh, I am. I would. <laughs> <laughs> depends up. how cool the te- the twelve-year-old yeah. is. Or... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Objectively, I don't know. It's it's a toss-up for me because they both are f- favorites from my younger years, but they're they both have weird flaws. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh. I think it's a toss-up too. Yeah. But I like both of them. I think, but it's also that I mean, I remember my dad really liking Scrooge. I remember like watching that with my family and like it being something we could all watch together. Yeah. Well, and here's another element that I love about both movies, and I think a reason why they have real staying power is that their scores are amazing. One's Danny Elfman, and the other and is one's John, John Williams. Williams. Like, yeah, they, have, they like, do have good timeless scores. scores that are really, uh-huh. really fun and really like. The like, Danny Elfman the score mood. is really good for Scrooge. And totally. yeah, I mean, he's good at that kind of like, he's, I mean, kind I'm thinking of creepy. about, yeah, but kind of like magical. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. about, there's a lot of like winter movies yeah. that he scored. I mean, he's done Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he, mm-hmm. and he's done um, Sleepy Hollow, which yeah. was real like snowy and wintry and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward Scissorhands. Right. This movie. Like there's I mean, a well, lot. A lot of Tim Burton movies. And then what? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, The Simpsons famously, and then, and then, but I mean, but I'm just saying, like, the wintry, I think that wintry yeah. kind of like mystical, dark, yeah, spooky aspect is, is good for him. Totally. All right. Um, then are we ready for recommendations? Asians, 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 didn't prepare this one. Did not prepare <laughs> this. Um, you better think of something you like quick. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm in a I'm on a real sci-fi kick right now. I mean, not just because of uh, well, maybe instigated by Interstellar coming out, which is uh, great. Which I yeah, it was cool and also flawed and weird. But like I, I, I am reading a great science fiction novel called The Forever War, um, by Joe Haldeman or somebody Haldeman. Uh, that Steve Monkus at work recommended for me, and I, I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of weird, but it's kind of great. And uh, I don't know, yeah, sci-fi kick. It's uh, <laughs> it continues. All right, you got anything, Laura? I know you got to yeah. have something. What I have is that P- all seasons of Pee Wee's Playhouse are on Netflix. Oh right yeah. Now, so. Oh my god. Oh, I didn't know they got to Netflix. That's fun. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, so that just happened because I follow Pee Wee on uh, on Facebook, <laughs> and so he announced that, including the Christmas special, which is a great Christmas special. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, run out. Put that in that. your pipe. I also recommend this extremely strong cider and bourbon drink that Neil made me, which <laughs> I think I need a little break before I bike into the city. <laughs> does does uh, Pee Wee Herman's Facebook page, is it Pee Wee Herman or is it Paul Rubens? Uh, Pee Wee Herman. Huh. It's really not that. 
bizarre, I don't think. I don't know. I didn't I didn't think he'd have one for people. Well, I think the persona is what most people are going to follow, I would think. I'd follow yeah. Paul Rubens. I mean, I'm sure he has a Paul Rubens page that he just has his friends. I just heard a really interesting interview with Paul Rubens on uh, Bullseye, that public radio show. Um, he came across as really thoughtful and engaging and, you know, like you kind of would expect, but also as kind of like this very like haughty, like auteur as opposed to like someone who's like super associated with this character. Um, he, it was, it was interesting. I would recommend checking out interview. That's, that, that's that exactly interview. how he came across in his, his Nerdist interview. His what? That's an exact description of how he came across in his interview on Nerdist. Oh, Nerdist. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. He must just get, you know, get, I've always had a lot of respect for him. Totally, yeah. You know, I mean, I I was pretty young still when that whole, like, scandal happened. Which wasn't, I don't know, like, as an adult, I pretty quickly realized that this is, like, that was kind of an invented scandal. Yeah, it's a non-story. It's like a non, yeah, it's just like, that's what those things are for. Yeah, it (laughs) was before the internet and everybody could do it at home, you know? So yeah, super weird timing. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's just so embarrassing. It's just it like totally it, it feels. It felt like political. Like that's it makes the kind it of seem thing like, that, like there's some, a, like was, a like a hidden element, like something that isn't being discussed or something. But, but yeah, who, like who would know? You know? Yeah. Yeah, Slow it was bullshit. Week. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm going to rec- You know, I would recommend Boyhood again, except I've already done it about five times. Uh, yeah, jeez, guy. Uh, I'll recommend on our on our next podcast. Don't ask me how I know this, but we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how it was kind of a year for women in in entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. And one one that I forgot or that I will forget to talk about on that episode, uh, a movie was um, Obvious Child, which I I thought was good. And Jenny Slate is great. Yeah, I need to see that. Um, so and. Uh, Vivian reminded me of that when I was talking to her about it. So I will recommend Obvious Child. Yeah, you should see it. It's good. Cool. I'm going to recommend a comic book series that just ended a couple months ago called Starlight. And it's from Mark Millar, who kind of sucks sometimes and mm. sometimes is kind of awesome. He's and the, uh, what's the, the, the kick-ass guy? Yeah, the kick-ass. Yeah. So yeah. he tends to be ultra-violent sometimes, and his method of deconstructing comic books kind of gets annoying. But Starlight is really sweet. I haven't read the whole series yet, but the first book is... Is it's kind of amazing how how good a job he did without because sometimes he tends to be a little bit too too cynical and I think in this mm. this series he's not he the first the first book is uh, a, an older guy and his wife just died and his how his family kind of let him down and then it flashes back to when he had a war in outer space and then the the end of the issue spoiler alert ends with a a spaceship landing right outside his house and then that's mm. how the story starts and it's really 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 fun and, and so far it's been positive and, and nice to read so i've liked it so that's my recommendation cool, cool. all right uh, do your thing pat uh write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com uh like us on facebook rate us highly on itunes tell your friends to listen and be be well uh, yeah like they say at walgreens <laughs> um <laughs> they say be wall there Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> All right. Happy holidays. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for thanks. having yeah, us back fun. again. Happy holidays to everybody out there. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week about the best of 2014. So until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
would hang up my stocking at Christmas, open my presents and I'd be glad. But the last time I played Father Christmas, I stood outside a department store. A gang of kids came over and bugged me, and knocked my reindeer to the floor. He said, Please hand it over. We'll beat you up, so don't make it. 